This is the Daily Perspective Podcast for Monday, December 14th, 2020. Mark Congleton here at the mic, your sometimes humble host for almost an hour of observation, insight, and absurdity. Good to have you along today. Thank you so much for being there. Thanks for subscribing to the podcast. Thanks for sharing with your friends. Merry Christmas. Hope you're having a great holiday season. Hope your weekend was good and that uh, life is treating you nicely. Our weekend was um, relatively un, uh, unremarkable. I mean, nothing amazing went on. My wife, Jane, uh, had, she went off to Huntsville, Alabama to visit uh, our niece and her family there, and they all went to look at Christmas lights. Apparently, there's a gigantic christmas light show in huntsville um i'm a little sketchy on the details i just know that it's 25 bucks a car load 50 bucks for a van or a bus load i mean and it and it's it it's and it's amazing they have the whole thing set to music you can listen in the vehicle and uh it's one of the sport franchises it slips my mind which one anyway it's uh the it's the minor league the my one of the minor league uh franchises the huntsville trash pandas <laughs> the trash yes the trash pandas <laughs> yeah i know i love minor league names but the uh the uh the team is uh has got the whole place the whole facility it's all done up for christmas and their vendors selling s'mores and all kinds of stuff and and it, it apparently was a great time and i missed out on it she left right from work and just took off and headed up there and I honestly just didn't want to make the hour plus drive both directions. And, and, uh, I was involved in other things around the house, decided to stick around here instead. Anyway. Um, and then Sunday we, uh, had a little family time and took some pictures with the kiddos and, and, um, and, uh, one of the granddads dressed up as Santa and that was a load of fun and, uh, pretty much. The, the we were going to go see some more Christmas lights last night and it started to rain and I decided we could uh we could postpone that until another night because it's not far from here it's 15 or so miles away and and we'll you know we'll look at the weather and if the rain holds off we may go tonight and uh that should be fun I uh, I was at this place uh it's a place called Palisades Park um, and, uh, I was up there, uh, oh, several weeks ago, scouting something, a location to fly, to shoot some video and, and, uh, saw that they were putting up Christmas decorations and saw a sign, uh, about, uh, this big thing happening up there. And then when looked it up and, and it's every night through the end of the year, they have, uh, the, the whole place is, is decorated. The, the park is just decorated for Christmas and local businesses and charities and churches and, and, uh, in civic groups have all come together and they've decorated different sections of the park and, uh, it should be pretty cool. Looking forward to seeing that. Maybe we'll go do that, uh, tonight. We'll see who knows. We will see. Hopefully life in your neighborhood has been good over the weekend that, uh, that all has, uh, gone well for you and that you're looking forward to a good week. Today, uh, is going to be a big day on the news for a couple of reasons. The, I believe they start. COVID-19 vaccine distribution in some places today. Um, whether you take that vaccine or not, that's up to you. Just as an FYI, I, I, I won't. My wife and I have talked about this 
and neither one of us are willing because I got to be honest with you, we, we've been paying attention and we're old enough to smell a rat and recognize that we're smelling a rat. And there's something about this that's all too ratty smelling. And so we're just not going to, and no, we're not paranoid. We're not, you know, we're not conspiracy theorists. We just, uh, we just recognize the, the aroma. And so we're going to take a step back and see what happens. And I'm also reading bizarre things as I skim. And trust me, when you're skimming through social media and you're skimming through the news stories and you're looking in all the different places, trying to find reliable sources for information, then uh, you're going to run across some questionable stuff. And I, I'm not denying that there is some questionable stuff out there. There's some very questionable stuff out there, but you've got to dive through all of it to figure out what's really reliable and what isn't. So you see a lot of things and I'm seeing some things about this vaccine, about side effects. And, um, I'm not willing at this stage in my life to, t to take a chance on, on, uh, on what could possibly produce some side effects. I don't want to deal with for the rest of my life. So no, I won't be taking the, the vaccine, but that's out there today. And there's a story. There's a story um, from over at the Blaze by Breck Dumas. Uh, the Food and Drug Administration authorized Pfizer's coronavirus vaccine for emergency use on Friday. It's the first allowed to be administered in the U.S. President Donald Trump called the achievement a medical miracle, considering the injection was developed in mere months. The president released a video message to the country announcing the news, saying, Today our nation has achieved a medical miracle. We have delivered a safe and effective vaccine in just nine months. This is one of the greatest scientific accomplishments in history. Trump said the vaccine will save millions of lives and soon the end the pandemic once and for all. The New York Times reported that shipments of the vaccine will begin immediately with roughly 2.9 million doses expected to be distributed across the United States over this week. The outlet uh, notes that Pfizer has an agreement with the federal government to supply 100 million doses of the vaccine by March and they'll be administered free of charge to the public. According to NBC News, the initial shots are earmarked for front of line or the front line health care workers as well as staff working at long term care facilities. Pfizer partnered with BioNTech in developing the vaccine. And after studying its effectiveness and safety, the FDA's Center for Biologics Evaluation and Research said in a statement, quote, while not an FDA approved uh, uh, approval, the, today's emergency use authorization of the Pfizer BioNTech COVID-19 vaccine hold the promise to alter the course of this pandemic in the United States. And he adds, with science guiding our decision-making, the available safety and effectiveness data support the authorization of the Pfizer-BioNTech COVID-19 vaccine because the vaccine's known and potential benefits clearly outweigh its known and potential risks. And it's that last word, this last couple of words there that <laughs> yours truly is not going to be taking this vaccine prior to the u.s clearing the vaccine it had been approved in great britain canada mexico saudi arabia and bahrain the authorization authorization of the vaccine has been highly anticipated and pfizer biontech said in a joint statement that they plan to produce up to 50 million doses distributed globally by the end of the year and more than 1 billion doses by the year uh end of the year 2021 so it begins the uh the the vaccine distribution and inoculations begin and already we are seeing the the uh <laughs> the pandemic fear mongers 
those people who originally said, well, let's, let's take two weeks to flatten the curve. We're now on day 270. Is it 271? Is that right? We're in the two seventies now. That's, that's how many days it's been since we were told it would be two weeks, 270 something days. Now, these people who encouraged us to do that and then encouraged us to stay six feet away from each other and to wear masks, even though originally these, the health officials were all saying, Hey, these masks you want to wear, aren't going to make any difference. You have to wear N95 masks in order to make a difference. And the people who've tried N95 masks have worn them and said, wow, how do you survive? How do you, how do you breathe in these things? I know that was my reaction. I ordered a couple just to see they were expensive because those, those people out there selling them, I said, Hey, people will pay whatever we charge for them. And, uh, so I bought a couple of them and, uh, wore one of them one time. And the other is still in its wrapper and we have not worn them because you just can't breathe in them. At least I can't, I can't, I don't feel like I'm getting enough air. Uh, if, if I'm up and moving around, if I were just sitting in a chair someplace, that's great, but not up moving around. So eh. those same people who encouraged us to wear masks, who originally said, no, you don't need to wear masks. They're not effective, but then changed their tune when they, they saw, well, uh, people respond better to fear. So let's make them scared. And they started telling everybody to wear masks and stay away from each other and to, to stay at home and don't go anywhere. The people, those same people that are closing down restaurants where outdoor restaurants have can, can 1% of all COVID-19 cases can be attributed to outdoor restaurants. 1% of all cases, 1% and they're going to close them down in places like New York and LA. But then again, that's progressives, progressives in government taking over, taking charge and showing you what progressivism, leftism is really all about. It's power and control, but it's all for your own good because they know better and you're too stupid to take care of yourself. So you need them. That's what this is all about. So no, I, I don't have confidence in the vaccine. I keep seeing these reports about, about the numbers of deaths and how they're attributed how uh, even somebody who, who slams into a semi on a motorcycle, they run tests and, and, uh, they will mark him COVID positive, even though what killed him was a, a, a massive trauma to the body from a head on collision. COVID will still be marked as the cause of death. And also I've seen the reports. I saw something over the weekend where a guy poured out a glass of Coca-Cola and then ran a COVID test on it, and the Coke came up positive. A Coke, uh, just an, an open container, brand new, freshly opened Coke container. It tested positive. No, that doesn't mean Coca-Cola has COVID. That means the COVID tests are flawed. We're being fed a lot of information to keep us, keep us fra- afraid, to keep us scared. And we're being lied to and manipulated. And a lot of people are wising up to it now. It's gotten to the point now that I even joke around with waitresses. And in this time of the year, we tend to eat out quite a bit because we're out shopping, we're out running around. And, and while we're out, we, we stop in someplace and have a bite to eat. And we try to be friendly with the, uh, table staff and, and 
you know, we treat people nicely. They're working hard for a living. They're on their feet. They're on the go. People, you know, they're, they're taking care of people. It's, it's dealing with the public and dealing with the public is difficult because you, trust me, you don't understand how difficult a job can be unless it has a component of dealing with the public because Karen is everywhere. I'll just say that. But so we're nice to servers. We give them the benefit of the doubt. We tip nicely. We, we do what we can. And in part of the joking around with them, I'll, I'll say something like, wow, I tell you what, I was really scared until I got to the magic table. Now I feel safe. I can take my mask off here and I don't have to worry because it's because the, the virus can't get to me here. And then they look at me and they, and they grin and they, and it starts to hit them. Oh yeah. Yeah. That is kind of stupid, isn't it? Yes. It's, it's monumentally stupid. It's incredibly stupid. Have you been to a cracker barrel? I mean, seriously, they take the salt and pepper shakers off the table. They don't have the little peg game on the table anymore. They don't have it's, they have to bring you little packets of everything. Everything is ridiculous. It's just crazy, but they've got this entire store of merchandise that everybody is going through and looking at and touching. Does it make any sense? No, it doesn't make any sense. It's just crazy. It's just manipulation. That's really all, all it is. It's manipulation. And so now there's a vaccine out. And the politicians, the power mad, the power hungry politicians have already said some of them, they won't trust it unless Dr. Fauci says it's okay. Now you've got people with a whole lot more, a whole lot more going for them than Dr. Fauci has going for him saying they're they're giving their eh, guarded approval but no they want their official okie dokie from dr fauci dr fauci who who was the hillary clinton supporter who pulled for her whose political leanings are well known they're going to trust him oh that's what we want and Watch it. Before long, you'll be seeing, unless you've had the vaccination, you cannot do certain things. It's just a matter of time. And that time won't be long, trust me. Unless you have your proof of vaccination card, you may not be able to fly on an airplane. It's the Daily Perspective Podcast. Hi there. Ah, well, I've had my little rant. <laughs> I'm the first of a few, I think, maybe today. But it really rubs me the wrong way that the powers that be, those seeking political heft, like weight, they want to be, they want to be regarded as experts or trustworthy. Really, all it is is just, it's, they're looking for power. And when you look back over 2020, it is the example of, of a power grab. That's what this year has been. From the very beginning to the very end of it, there was an impeachment. There was all this other stuff going on. Every last bit of it was a power grab. All of it. 
all of it designed to undermine the the credibility of one political candidate in order to put another one in office in order to correct the mistake you made at the voting booth in 2016 that's what this has all been about every last bit of it all and the coronavirus has played a major role because we're seeing now that that well for example it's been an extremely light flu season gee i wonder why because the coronavirus is getting all the credit for influenza cases do a little digging you'll see something else has been coming up there's a term a phrase there's a name that's been coming up in the news over the last few days and you may have been seeing it pop up on twitter and possibly you've been getting it in your facebook feed as well uh, solar winds solar winds uh apparently this company solar winds got hacked and it means something as far as what's happening in our country is concerned and over at twitter um a twitter user named kim zetter posted a thread on what this means and why it matters it's not very long i just wanted to touch on it because it's a little information which could shed some light on why this solar winds hack is important so if you're confused about the tech details eh, this is a simplified explanation of what happened and what it means the maker of software that's used in the highest echelons of government including the white house and the nsa was compromised by attackers who slipped malicious code into the software maker's trusted code without the software maker knowing about it. And then the code got distributed to its customers. The company, SolarWinds. That malicious code, once it infected customer systems, opened a back door into those systems and, con and then contacted those hackers to let them know that the door was open for them to surreptitiously enter those systems and begin stealing sensitive data on those networks. The hackers did this back in March and their activity was only recently discovered. This means they have been inside government systems all these months, stealing data and spying on government workers without anyone knowing until now. They also infected telecoms and other company networks. Now, here's a short list of some of the customers who use the software made by the software maker that the name is SolarWinds. All of these were potentially compromised. More than 425 of the U.S. Fortune 500 companies. All 10 of the top 10 U.S. telecommunications companies. All five branches of the U.S. military. The U.S. Pentagon, State Department, and NASA, NSA, the Postal Service, the NOAA, the Department of Justice, and the Office of the President of the United States, all five of the top five U.S. accounting firms, and hundreds of universities and colleges worldwide. What does this mean for the average person and their data? This is a national security hack conducted by a nation state, Russia, and focused on high-value targets and data. While it's possible your personal data could have been compromised, it's more likely that that's not what the hackers were after. There's still a lot that's not known about this operation. 
who all was compromised and what data or secrets were stolen. Not known yet. But that list of those places that were compromised, that's a scary little list. And the fact that it went unknown, unnoticed, from March, April, May, June, July, August, September, October, November. Eight months, nearly nine months, they've been pulling data from all of those institutions. It's just amazing. We have had foreign interference in our country off and on for as long as it's been around. But in this day and time when <clears throat> you can log on to a laptop computer in a cafe in, in, uh, in Russia or in China and look at people's data on secure servers in the United States, it's kind of frightening. And when you consider that that is possible, and we know that has happened, in today's environment of, of political upheaval, then it makes perfect sense that also what has been happening is that foreign actors were involved in our election as well. We're seeing that China had a hand in things. The, dominions, the Dominion voting systems and the, the software packages used on their systems and other systems also apparently was feeding to offshore entities, and those offshore entities were tweaking it as they saw fit before it was sent back to where it was officially released. Now, if you post things like this on Twitter and Facebook, you'll get marginalized, maybe shut down. But this is what we're seeing. We're seeing that foreign actors had things to do with our election to sway the vote towards the Democrats because the Democrats are more inclined to play nicely with them. Oh, who am I kidding? The Democrats are open borders people. They just want to kick everything open and let everybody be a, have a big old happy party. And that is ignorant and dangerous. And where we are today in this election process, today, on this day, the 14th day of December, we're going to be hearing a lot of news. Let me shift gears here for just a second. It's the 14th of December. Today is when the Electoral College cast votes. You will hear on the news today all day long that Joe Biden is now officially the president-elect. And I want you to keep something in mind. That this, although it will be stated from every source you will see today, this is not the end. Only because of these technicalities, the, way, the going through the motions that we've always gone through, following this process that we always do, only technically... Can he now actually be called the president-elect? He's been lying up until now. He and everyone who has called him the president-elect has been lying to you up until now. That's something else you should keep in, in mind. They've lied to you from the very beginning about many, many things. Him being president-elect is just one of the most recent things. 
He stands before that thing, but before that backdrop with the, with the, the sign on the podium saying the office of the president elect, and he's done so for weeks upon weeks now. And it's been a lie because technically speaking, you aren't the president elect until the electors have made their decision known. So he has been lying. The, the Democrat party has been lying. The news media has been lying and they've been lying to you for a single purpose. And that purpose is to convince you that Joe Biden legitimately has won this election and that he is our next president. When many, many, many things say otherwise. Here's another little thread from Twitter about everything making sense, pulling things together that may not make sense to you. So let's go through this process is from uh, somebody on uh, Twitter called iconic. This is, this makes it all make sense. The entire thread. And I want to dive into that. We'll dive into that coming up next. I don't, as you can hear the bumper music's coming up. I don't have time to dive into it right now. It's rather lengthy. And I want you to see this process because it does make sense when you add all of these things up. It's helpful to see things in context so you can understand why this happened and why that happened. So we'll do that coming up after the break. Because you need to understand that what you're going to hear today about Joe Biden being our next president is not necessarily true. There's still a lot left to happen between now and Inauguration Day. In fact, I have a feeling things are going to get very bumpy between now and then. It's the Daily Perspective Podcast. Slip sliding into the second half for this Monday, the 14th day of December, 2020. Skimming through things during the break, I ran across this article. And, uh, wow, I want to pass it. I, I'm going to I'm gonna slip it into the stack. This will be a last-minute thing I'm slipping into the stack here because it kind of goes into line with what we're talking about today. It's kind of funny how that works. Okay, now, here's what I was talking about, this, uh, this Twitter thread that uh, spells out some things that will hopefully make things more plain to you, okay? And it's called, this is how Trump wins. Here's step number one, the stage, the legal effort. Make no mistake that Sidney Powell, Rudy Giuliani, Lynn Wood, Ted Cruz, and the Texas uh, attorney general are quite familiar with standing. That's the term that you heard that they didn't have standing to bring their case to the Supreme court. Remember that's what they were. They were told that they're familiar with this. They know about these people are, (laughs) these people aren't rookies. They knew they had little or no chance of their cases being heard, even less chance of favorable relief. Number two, the big one, the Texas SCOTUS filing. This case was 50-50 on standing, but it wouldn't have offered relief. The justices Trump appointed had no issue dismissing the case and deferring power back to the state legislatures. The reason will become clear momentarily. Number three, their reason. The various court filings were never meant to prevail. Their only purpose was to inform the public. It allowed people to see the fraud. The actual filing docs allowed... Anons to read and share so that people could see the problems with our elections. 
I think that's an important point here, by the way, is that the, the purpose for the court, court filings, and I've tried to remind you of this a few times, that winning these filings themselves was not the point. It wasn't the point. The point was the publicity. The point was, was the in inclusion of the Supreme Court because the, including the Supreme Court also drew attention to what was going on. If that hadn't happened, the news media would have sufficiently buried this so that people would not have known what was going on. But as it is, even though the news media is spinning this as a last-ditch, desperate, futile, insane effort by a crazy person wanting to stay in the White House, even though that's the way they're spinning this, people are waking up and seeing what's going on. It's a lot like the Kavanaugh hearings, where people were just like, eh, they couldn't have cared any less about the Kavanaugh hearings. But the spectacle that went on revealed some things to them they could no longer deny. Most importantly, that the Democrats were insane. Okay. Um, I'm gonna, okay, here we are. Number four, point number four, the fire. The mainstream media and the trolls continue to assist in Trump's path to victory. They only fuel the fire when they ignore or antagonize Republicans. Why is that a good thing? Well, every pissed off Republican is another call to Congress rep representatives and senators demanding action. <laughs> and then there's the clout, point number five. The calls matter. Why? Republicans know Trump is the way to the Republican voters' hearts. When the media tried to shame Trump for overshadowing the senators in the Georgia rally, they basically provided incentive for every Republican to have Trump's back instead. Number six, the election rejection. On January 6th, Congress will convene to count the electoral votes. At this time, the sitting vice president, Mike Pence, has the ability to challenge by refusing to accept the votes from states in which he believes the vote was compromised, which he will do. Point seven, the second vote. As directed by the U.S. federal constitution, a challenged election is settled by a simple majority House vote by ballot. However, the House gets one vote per state, not per representative, giving Trump the Republican majority 26 to 23, maybe 22. The winner takes all. Point number eight, the appeal. Democrats will panic and immediately appeal this decision to the Supreme Court of the United States. But the Supreme Court, having set a very clear legal precedent that power lies with the state legislatures, will again dismiss the case on standing. Number nine, the democracy hypocrisy. Democrats and the mainstream media will call Trump's actions unprecedented, claiming irrevocable damage to our democracy, except... Joe Biden honored the exact same challenge attempted by the Democrats in 2016. That 2016 didn't actually go to a vote because of lack of support from the Senate. The challenge was rejected before the vote took place, but Joe Biden honored the exact same challenge by the Democrats in 2016. Don't forget that. When this happens, remember the Democrats did the same thing in 2016. And Joe Biden 
was involved. And then point number 10, checkmate. And there are links here about, uh, about, uh, these, these items here. Their link number one was written by a Harvard government professor. This guy figured out uh, this out way before, uh, <laughs> schlubs online did. You got to check on the article, which is a it's, a, it's a reason you have to get show notes. You'll see where Trump himself outlined the plan months ago. And then another link takes the, uh, um, outlines the way the Democrats will challenge things on January 6th. And they, those links are right here. The one is the Donald Trump's stealthy road to victory. And the other is the U S Congress certifies Trump's electoral college victory. Look at both of them. And hopefully that, that sort of spells things out for you and helps you see the picture that we're dealing with here. In 2018, the president passed something. Uh, he passed legislation, or uh, it was an exec- maybe it was an executive order or action that dealt with foreign interference in elections. He saw back before then what was actually happening. He probably looked at what happened in 2016 during that election, sat down with his brains, his smart people, who had been examining things and told him, this is what we need to look at. You can see that China was involved here. You can see that Russia was involved here. You can see these foreign powers were involved in doing these things. You can see which ones are actual real threats to us. And we need need to do the following things to prevent this from changing the next election. Because the Democrats were so intent on winning that they they pulled out all of the they pulled out all the stops that they thought they needed to in 2016. They thought they had rigged everything. Please, please remember. Remember election night 2016. Remember. Remember all of those news pundits on television, those grinning panels of people talking about this historical election, how we were going to have the first woman president ever. Remember them all talking about how this was a lock. Remember that she had an 85% chance of winning and that Donald Trump was never going to be the president of the United States. Remember all of that that happened on election night in 2016. Remember. Remember the politicians every time they were out stumping for Hillary Clinton, talking about how there was no way Donald Trump could win. Remember all of the, all of the people in, in entertainment, these entertainers on television talking about there's no way Donald Trump could possibly win. Remember the talking head shows leading up to the election with all of those people who, who declared that there's no way that Donald Trump could possibly win. Remember the laughter when, <laughs> when Ann Coulter was asked, who do you think would be the next president of the United States? And she said, Donald Trump and everybody was in disbelief. Remember all of those people had been conditioned to believe that Hillary Clinton was going to be the next president of the United States because they had done their homework and their field work and they had rigged the election so that she could not lose or so they thought their overconfidence was their downfall. They didn't believe they needed to do certain things and do certain work in certain States. And so they didn't, ah, those are Democrat loyal States. They're never going to go for Trump, but they did because he went there and he worked those States and she didn't. And this time 
they've looked things over and they have learned from their mistakes and they thought they had it covered. They really thought they had it covered and they realized late, late into the night that Donald Trump was going to win again. And then they started manipulating the numbers. Four battleground states shut down their poll counting, their, their tabulation, four of them in the night. And in those four cities, when they started back up again and started reporting figures in the morning, suddenly Joe Biden was ahead. They couldn't rig things and they got desperate and people noticed they made another mistake. Remember, America was conditioned to believe there was no way that Donald Trump could win. And this time they were so confident that they were going to win. They didn't even bother have Joe Biden speaking to crowds of people. Wasn't even a thought. They used the coronavirus and the pandemic to frighten people into staying home. And they used that, people staying home and being safe from this pandemic, as an excuse to change the method of voting in key states. And they did so without following proper legal guidelines. So they changed the method of voting illegally in these battleground states. And that gave them the edge they needed, or so they thought. But it still wasn't enough. And they had to shut tabulation down in the, in the wee hours of the morning in order to cover and fix what they didn't foresee. So they broke the law. They've committed fraud. They've committed crime. And nobody would have known about it at all unless a legal team stepped up and started filing lawsuits and testifying before panels in these states. And in that process, we have watched these state officials, these state election officials on the Democrat side, raise angry objections. And in some cases, actually get up and walk out of the hearings. It's all political theater and it's all criminal and it's something that you need to be aware of. And thanks to the plan that's being worked by the president and his people right now, many, many people are aware of the crime. It ain't over until it's over. Remember that today when they start saying that Joe Biden has won the Electoral College. It's still not over. The final segment for Monday, December 14th, 2020. It's the Daily Perspective Podcast. Good to have you along. I had the story up that I was going to get to in the last segment, and I did not. So we'll do it in this segment. Oh, man. And, and during the break, I'm 
I'm actually online shopping. I'm trying to find a cable because I'm I'm redoing everything in the studio while I take a break around Christmas. By the way, I am going to take a break at Christmas, the week between Christmas and New Year's. So Christmas is on a Friday, and uh, it's next Friday. So that week between Christmas and New Year's, I'm just going to take that week off. No podcasts that week, all right? I'll be on social media. I'll be online. I'll be on the on the website and, and the like, but I'm not going to be doing podcasts. Uh, I can... As I as I scan social media, as I as I scan news uh, um, sites and the like, and I find stories, I'll just pass them along. Okay, and uh, I, who knows? I may do a, a a daily notes dump. We'll see. I may just copy and paste a bunch of links and send them to send them off each day. We'll see what happens. Okay. All right. We'll see what happens. But uh, during that week, uh, I happen to know uh, what's in Santa's sleigh, and I'm going to be having to rearrange the studio a little bit because uh, a new computer is coming and there's another piece of equipment that will be here <clears throat> excuse me which will make it easier to fire off certain things that I like that I need to do and I'm trying to I'm just trying to refine things anyway I, I, I'm online looking for a cable to connect a couple of pieces of equipment together and uh, and the way things this goes for me is okay. I'm going to need this, and so I order it. I buy it. I get it. I have it. I set it aside. So it's sitting in a drawer or sitting on the on the desk over in this corner of the desk, waiting for something else to arrive. And when that other something arrives, it, it, it's got that cable included. So now I have a spare. <laughs> That's kind of how it works for me. Anyway, hey, we'll see how that pans out. But the story I was going to get to, and I didn't too, didn't yesterday or, or in the last segment. Gosh, I can't multitask. Um was uh, from a place called 100percentfedup.com. And no, it's not one of your major news sites. But uh, when they get something, they get something, okay? Uh, this morning, 8.30, 7.30 Central. Uh, this is this is before I'm even recording this. In Michigan's 13th Circuit Court, Judge Kevin A. I. Elsenheimer will be deciding if he will allow constitutional attorney Matthew DiPerno of the DiPerno Law Firm to release the Kraken. At 5.30 p.m. on Friday, December 4th, Judge Eisenheimer granted permission to DiPerno's client, William Bailey, and his team of IT experts to conduct a forensic study of the 16 Dominion voting machines, tabulators, thumb drives, related software, and the clerk's master tabulator used in the November elections in Antrim County, Michigan. Now, you remember Antrim County is where those 6,000 votes swapped candidates. Remember? Okay. In the judge's court order, the plaintiff, Mr. Bailey, was also granted the ability to conduct an independent investigation of the images they obtained in their examination. After eight hours, the, the collection was complete with 16 compact flashcards, 16 thumb drives, and forensic images of the Dominion voting machines in hand. The IT team was escorted to the local Antrim County Airport by two Antrim County Sheriff vehicles, where they boarded their jet plane with evidence in hand. Now, I think it's interesting that they felt the need to have law enforcement escort them. Don't you think that's interesting? They needed that kind of security. Oh, they knew. They knew who they were dealing with. The next morning, Mr. DiPerno received a phone call from the Michigan State Bar. They were warning him that they have opened an investigation into a case he tried over a year ago in Lapeer, Michigan. Mr. DiPerno was told that the State Bar of Michigan had already requested over 6,000 pages of documents related to the case. According to Mr. DiPerno, there has never been a single complaint filed about this case. 
He believes the phone call was simply an act of intimidation on the part of Michigan Attorney General Dana Nessel. DePrino expressed his concern about the timing of the call from the Michigan State Bar Office, telling him in light of the news that's breaking today, this seems very political to me. They're just digging for stuff. On Wednesday, December 9th, Matthew DePerno and his client, Mr. Bailey, waited patiently for the results of the forensic examination of the Dominion voting machines to arrive. While he was waiting for the results, Michigan's ra radical Attorney General, Dana Nessel, who won her election after bragging she was the best candidate for the job because she didn't have a penis, added Michigan's far-left dishonest Secretary of State Jocelyn Benson to the lawsuit as a defendant. On Friday, December 10th, Constitutional Attorney Matthew DiPerno, who is now in possession of the initial preliminary results of the forensic examination of the Dominion voting machine, 16 CV data cards, and 16 thumb drives from the Dominion machines, filed an emergency order asking Judge Kevin Elsenheimer to lift the protective order prohibiting him from sharing the results of the inspection, calling it a matter of national security. In his emergency motion, DiPerno reminds the judge that time is of the essence as the deadline for electors to vote for the next president is Monday, December 14th, 2020. That would be today. In his order, DiPerno states that Secretary of State Benson has refused to permit a forensic examination of the Dominion software, presumably because she's fearful of violating the licensing agreement with Dominion. DiPerno points out that the agreement produ produced by Antrim County, or Antrim County was not signed, and that they have not been able to verify that the contract was actually signed. In his emergency order, DiPerno argues that the protective, protective order placed on sharing the results of the forensic examination was for the purpose purposes of preventing the plaintiff from reverse, en reverse engineering Dominion software for malicious purposes. DiPerno argues that his plaintiff, Mr. Bailey, and his IT team have no intention of reverse engineering the software for malicious purposes. Mr. DiPerno adds, quote, the public interest weighs in favor of granting the plaintiff's preliminary injunction. He explains the court believes that confirming the accuracy, integrity, and security of the electoral process is a greater public interest than this at this juncture than the potential misuse of reverse engineering data. Well, yesterday afternoon, attorney Matthew DiPerno received word that the 13th Circuit Court Judge Kevin A. Elsenheimer would hear his case. Curiously, DiPerno, who filed the emergency motion, found out about the hearing when he saw an article published by the far-left Detroit, Detroit Free Press at 2.13 p.m. DiPerno then received an email from Antrim County Attorney Hader Kazim at 2.50 p.m. and received notice directly from the court at 3.02 p.m. According to DiPerno, the hearing will, take, with, uh, will be taking place 8.30 a.m. EST today. So they announced the hearing. He found out about it by reading the news. And then he got a phone call a little bit later that early the next morning they'd be hearing this case. On Sunday evening, the Gateway Pundit wrote, Michigan's Radical Attorney General Dan Nessel tweeted a warning shot directed specifically at lawyers who practice in Michigan, letting them know that their oath prevents them from filing unjust and or frivolous actions or from misleading the court. Hmm. Here's a fun fact. Lawyers who practice in Michigan are required to take an oath to support the Michigan and U.S. constitutions, not to file 
unjust or frivolous actions or mislead the court. The spate of Trump lawsuits in, in Michigan state violates each of these tenets. It demeans our profession. So says Dana Nissel, the radical district attorney. The brave, the brave patriot and constitutional attorney tells the Gateway Pundit that he's curious about the timing of Nessel's tweet, and he wonders why Attorney General Nessel is bringing the power of the state in to threaten attorneys. He also says if Nessel is aware of misconduct by, any other, uh, by another attorney and isn't reporting it, she's actually violating her own earth by not, oath by not reporting it. Nessel's only goal is to intimidate. So, the Attorney General of Michigan is now trying to intimidate an attorney who's trying to get to the bottom of the issue with the Dominion software, the Dominion voting systems machines. He's been examining the data, looking at all of the stuff, wants to present this data, and the Attorney General is trying to intimidating him, trying to intimidate him into stopping. I, I would probably be willing to bet that she will go so far as to have his law license revoked if he pushes to the end on this. Because this is how corrupt these people are. These are criminals defending one another, using the power of law to defend criminals. This is progressivism. This is how socialism begins in a country. The corruption runs deep. We've known for a long time corruption runs deep in Michigan. We've been watching Pennsylvania with great interest for quite some time because we know that Pennsylvania is corrupt. These other states, Wisconsin, when the people elected, remember this, when the people of Wisconsin elected Scott Walker, a Republican, to be their governor, the Democrats went insane because they were absolutely certain that Wisconsin was, was safe, was locked up. It was true blue. There was nothing ever going to upset their little apple cart there. And then they started trying to cripple him with lawsuit after lawsuit after lawsuit. This is how the progressives operate. They infiltrate the legal system. They misuse the legal system. And they tear things down so that they can rebuild them the way they see them to be fit. And that's it for today. God bless you. I'm glad you tuned in today. Dropped in for the podcast. Thanks for being there. Let's get back together tomorrow for the next edition of the Daily Perspective Podcast. We'll see you then. God bless. Bye-bye. Oh, we're, uh, we're done.